Hi, Diamonds. Welcome to the United State of Women, a forum where professional women come together to thrive by living more connected to our power, our purpose, and our plan. We invite you to tune in every other week where we show you that you can have it all and teach you how to get it by becoming the star of your own life and not just a supporting role in your life, career, and relationships. Here with Julie Dean, my USW podcast ambassador and co-host, I am Kalina James, owner of LCR, a business consulting and leadership development coaching company. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, Diamonds. If you show your tribe, your employees, your team, you really care about each and every one of them, success will follow. In this week's episode, I want to continue to talk about leadership and why leaders should view themselves as servants. So I've been tracking this conversation around servant leadership. And in my previous episodes, if you haven't taken a listen to them, do so, because I'm really crafting out and talking about servant leadership and why I believe that that is the new methodology, the new mindset, the new skill set that's going to be important to have as we shift. And so again, the day's episode is why leaders should view themselves as servants. So get a notebook and a pen because the show starts now. This is United State of Women. So Diamonds, if we show our team, our employees that we really care about each and every one of them, success will follow. So in this week's episode, I want to talk to you about why leaders should view themselves as servants. Yeah, we've been talking about servant leadership. It feels like I'm a slave that my employees can get away and do whatever. No, 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 no. There's this dance, this balance between, you know, in charge of your business, but also putting some attributes to it that make people feel good and connected uh, to the mission, the vision and the value and how it's important to be very, 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 very clear, very, 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 very clear about that mission and a vision and, and be authentic and transparent and letting people see you as human and really connecting with them at that level of creating conversations and dialogue where you're a part of that. They see your face. You're a part of what's going on. You're giving bite-sized information and allowing them and their creativity to expand on that. And you're being just, you know, connected to the growth and the momentum of the power of the group. And so it's a, as a reflection of the past episodes, I encourage you to go back and take a listen to this series. But, you know, this episode, I want to talk to you a little bit more about why leaders should view themselves as servants. And there are some principles that I, I do want to bring uh, to your to your top of mind. The term servant leadership was first coined by Robert Greenleaf in a 1970 essay, and it describes leaders who seek to serve first, accepting that true leadership will be the result. And so as the years have gone by in my life, I've become convinced of this approach. I believe the concept, I believe in this concept because, you know, I've experienced its effectiveness on both sides of the equation. As a training director for a large government agency, managing 1,500 people's learning plan and having a team of eight people working across boards and managing change, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I truly have seen it on one side and then as an entrepreneur, leadership development coach and walking alongside people, partnering with them to help them get in front of you know their organization, their dreams, their ambitions and leading change um, with the people they get the responsibility and opportunity to serve. And so I've seen the benefit and the value on both sides of the equation. 
So looking to try the approach yourself in really understanding who you are as a leader and understanding that you are a servant, here are four quick ways that I think are an opportunity for us to begin. Number one, it's important to learn something specific and important about every person you lead. I'll say that again. Learn something specific and important about every person you lead. There's, you know, a winning combination, right, with this perspective. Because I truly know that if you understand your people individually, you'll be able to harness influence with them. So specifically in servant leadership, this is really, really important. Knowing personalized details about those that you lead, especially those who show, you know, personal motivation can make a really big difference. So, you know, for an example, you may have someone that you work with when you tell them to do something in a very specific way, it creates a situation that nearly forces them to go the other direction. It's really important to know your team and to know this about that person's characteristics. It's important to know that you want to never try, all right, you know, never, never, never try very hard to issue that person any directive, any straight direction or feedback to them in a hyper authoritative or declarative, you know, manner. It's important to know that. But to another person on your team who craves for that specific type of instruction, this approach would be, you know, would be, would be great. But it's important to know the difference. The key is to know which ones are hypersensitive to those directives and which ones really need it. So, you know, number one, learn something specific and important about every person you lead and help lead them and match their energy and match the win-win of what's important to them to connect with them. And number two, take action yourself and let the credit go somewhere else. This is the hard one. There are so many people I come along the way and says, you know, they take credit for my work. You know, they're doing things and I'm the one that did it. And, you know, they totally don't recognize the fact of my value that comes to the table. Yes. Now, there's a there's this book that Seth Godwin Godin's uh, made or wrote. It's called Poke the Box. It examines the need for starters in organization, the people who take initiative, even when they don't have the adept ability to do so, right? So according to him, this initiative is the birthplace or the thing that separates today's workplace leaders. So listen, there are many reasons that people fail to start something new or act, you know, out or do for you, right? The biggest reason, and you probably have heard this and may have fallen and, and been part of this, this mindset. One, you don't want to fail and be blamed. You want to avoid being blamed for something that goes wrong. Or you're not going to get credit for it. So you don't do it. <laughs> so I'm talking to the leader who's driving change at all tops of the organization. Give the credit away. Give the credit away. Worry about taking action and use the positive results as a gift for those you lead. You in return are winning as well. It may seem counterintuitive, but this is the heart of a servant leadership. 
as you help others succeed, you become more successful yourself. I know there's a big one here, right? Because, you know, how do I get ahead? How do I get recognized? Ah, that's another episode. And I do believe that there are ways to get your name at the seat or at, on the agenda or even in the press release as you are navigating working with a diverse group of people where, you know, you may feel overlooked and feel as if your voice is not being heard or your contributions for where you want to go professionally are not being recognized. I got an episode for you. I'll talk about that. But as a servant leader, here is where you can let others take the credit because you in return are going to be successful as well. Number three, you know, find a millennial in your organization to work alongside with. I said in the previous episode that we're in a really interesting state when it comes to the transition of power, the transition of leadership. You know, there was a period around 9-11 where we were devastated by the attack that was made on the United States and the U.S. And for years, it took us some time to kind of grow into where we are today, thriving again. There was a time we weren't hiring. There was a time people were working and trying to, you know, figure this thing out and turn the corner. But those baby boomers are now retiring. And there's this really big gap of workforce that is looking for leadership and our leaders are leaving. And so we want to find a millennial in your organization to work alongside. You know, I work with a lot of people who have, are co coaching a lot of people who, who are working with people for the first time. This is their second job, their first job in their career. They're leading these people. And, you know, these individuals are, you know, needing unique guidance and needing leadership. And it's interesting that, you know, you are trying to relate to millennials and work with their passions and work with their inexperience. But it's important to be able to find a millennial in your organization to work alongside of them. It's part of the equation that's going to be necessary, because as I said in the previous episode, if we don't get in front of the millennials and help, you know, shape and nurture and mature their leadership, we're going to be in a really world of trouble because there's going to be a, an intelligent gap that's going to cause us not to be able to have the things go forward, innovative things go forward, a new mindset of people coming up to be able to help us maintain our position. And so it's important to find a millennial to work with in an organization. And so last but not least is to commit and believe. Traditionalists might argue that leadership is all about issuing orders with clarity and fairness. I don't believe that anymore. I've seen too much. I've done too much. I believe it's more about showing people what they're capable of and mapping that out to the company to let them know what that mission and vision is, to be very clear, you know, in the directions and letting them know, you know, where we're going and why we're going is going to be able to really drive change. And it might seem counterintuitive because it really, uh, it really requests of us to remove some of the control that we perceive that we have to have. But in the end, it produces greater results. I can't tell you that as you trust and have outer faith and tap into the skill sets of the many people that your hands get to touch, that's more hands you get to have. That's more impact you get to drive with just your little self. 
if you are able to tap into the hands of the people around you, they're going to be doing things simultaneous around you, expanding your impact more ways than you could do it by yourself. It's a psychological investment requiring a deep commitment and a belief from you, but it will pay off and the payoff will come. And in my years of servant leadership, I've seen it pay off. <laughs> so, and I've seen it pay off in spades. And so I encourage you to realize that you get more when you, when you're able to release a little bit of that control and nurture the lives of the people around you and giving them access to impact on your, with you on the behalf of the mission and the vision. So in the end, diamonds, the servant leader, the one who knows the troops on a deeper level truly wins. And as Greenleaf himself has said, the difference manifests itself in the care taken by the servant first to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served. The best test and difficult to administer is, do those serve grow as persons? Do those, those people who served, who were served grow as, that's the best test. That's the best measuring stick. Are they growing? because of your impact, then diamonds, you truly have become a servant leader. And so diamonds, I hope this episode again was of value to you. I just wanted to drop some gems on servant leadership. It's truly my heart. I would love to hear from you again. As always, you can drop an image or picture on any social media platform and tag it with you know, power, purpose, plan, and we'll be able to respond to you directly. But we would love to see where you are in your world and how this episode has helped you. So please share it with others that you care about. But as we always say at the end of the episode, I, I want you to live connected to your power, your purpose, and your plan. And we want you to shine bright and take care and go do great things. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it. Share it with people you care about, people you think this will benefit. Share with your team or colleague who is having a difficult time and is looking for solutions. We all want to help people live empowered, to know what to do when faced with uncertainty. And I believe that these ideas can help others have that success. So please share it. But also follow us on our hashtag community power purpose plan and tell us what you think and how this episode has helped you. Diamonds, you have a choice to live connected to progress and growth. You deserve it. And it is yours to have. Live life, my friend, and be encouraged to step into your power purpose plan today. Until next time, take care. <laughs>